Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Abs. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and it's hot outside. It, it is. We're, as I've seen with a lot of people on Twitter, it seems like everywhere is hot right now. The ocean is hot right now. It's been a long time since we talked about weather on this podcast, because what is weather? <laughs> when you don't go outside. But this is Canada, and in Canada, we don't have AC. Maybe some people do. I mean, we know our parents do. They're so fancy, and they've never had it before. <laughs> right, their new place has AC. Uh, and Brian and uh, Darcy, my roommates, uh, have one in their room. <laughs> now, when Kevin says my roommates, you'll remember them as previous guest stars on this podcast. Yeah. And they are, in fact, our brother and sister-in-law. They're, they're also my roommates. It's a complicated situation that's not that complicated. No, they're just my roommates. Anyway, we're talking about the OC. Uh, we're we're continuing through season four, and I'm starting to get why season four is described as not a great one. This is a wild and wonderful season. Yeah, and they're, they're doing something that that we haven't seen since uh, Riverdale, where where I think they're going in a direction, and they never they never do get there. Yeah. I I get excited. I'm like, oh, cool. I see what storyline they're doing, and that's going to be an interesting thing. And then they don't do it. I'm like, oh, I mean, I don't know if this is worse because I'm disappointed or if this is worse because it's worse. And, like, I'm just going to say it now. They still don't know what they're doing with Caitlyn. Um, yeah. They, they think they know what they're doing. They think they're doing a meaningful and powerful Caitlyn storyline. Yeah, and there's... Man, when we when we get to that storyline, there's two ways they could have gone, and they picked both options. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> like, they didn't want to commit to and it. And poor Willa Holland is trying so hard to act. Yeah. But, like, Caitlyn is often confused by what Caitlyn does. <laughs> Caitlyn is very confused by herself this episode. It doesn't know what to do. Oh, man. But it's... Yeah, it's it's something we got to keep pushing through, and we got what five more episodes until the season's done. Was this episode eleven? This is episode eleven. Yeah, and we got five, five. Oh God, only five more. Yeah, which I think we can kind of see what I think the end game is, but boy, are they gonna have to stall it out to get there? Oh boy. <laughs> well, you know what? They've got such hijinks in place to get them there at the end of this episode, so maybe we should just talk about it. Oh yeah, you know what? Let's get into it. Because this is the OC, season four, episode eleven, The Dream Lover. The Dream Lover. It is clarified for us. Immediately, off the hop of this episode, Summer and Seth are not broken up. No, they're... It, it, Seth is notably aware that he's like, this is a strange situation because we're not broken up, but also we're not... We, we got this weird pullback from Engaged, and later we're going to listen to Summer, and even Summer seems unaware of the situation. Like, Summer distinctly said, I can't be with you until I know how to be with myself, but, but I'll, let's I'll, keep dating. Let's keep dating. Um, this is a week later, and neither Seth nor Ryan have called neither Summer nor Taylor, and that is this really interestingly cut-together scene between Seth and Ryan talking... And Summer and Taylor talking. Now, lest you pass judgment on this, it is revealed that Summer and Taylor have both called Seth and Ryan numerous times. It is good that they clarify that. I don't know if it's clarified that Summer is called. I know Taylor's called at least 17, 17 times. times. <laughs> I'm assuming that... 
I'm I'm here's the thing. Summer and the way the summer and Seth's ended up. She may not have. She may him. not have called him. And in that situation, I'd say that's fine. That's probably yeah, that's probably fine. Taylor's definitely trying to reach out. And Ryan, as we'll learn in this episode, his plan is, is to wait. is to lie low until Henri's gone. Now, the logic I have applied to him, I don't know if you apply different logic. Hmm. The logic I apply to him is he's worried that ta- that it well Henri's around, Taylor m- uh, might try to, like, cover for him again. Taylor does seem unpredictable when it comes to Henri Michelle, so you can see why Ryan is like, you know what, I can't deal with an extra factor. I can only deal with the Taylor I know. Because, well, that's his side, Taylor's side of this whole... Uh, whole thing is a little bit more uh dramatic dramatic is a way to put it yes yeah now the the weird i want to say before we get to explain what taylor's side of this thing is her the stuff she's doing does make some in deep character sense i just don't think it's conveyed well yes you know what when we get to the end of the episode yeah or actually there's even midway through you like start getting inkling where you're like Oh. oh, oh! I started trying to guess what this what this thing was, and they did some good seating there. But the first thing we learn is that Taylor and Henri are not dating. They're not dating. She has been putting him off by saying she has a boyfriend. But in this scene, she, I think she decides she, she doesn't, doesn't have a boyfriend. Um, which, which, once again, I think for Taylor, yeah, maybe that's because she's had a very interesting relationship. With love, with love lives, her being like, oh, wait, I guess it's just done. It's just done. We're done. And then just... <laughs> we don't discuss... Well, I mean, to be fair, when has anyone ever abandoned her and discussed it? <laughs> yeah. Uh... Um. Also, like, this is a whirlwind. Like, Taylor and Ryan started dating just before Christmas. Like, a week before Christmas. Yeah. And this is... This should be Valentine's Day. This should be Valentine's... Well, it's two weeks before Valentine's Day. Oh, it was two weeks before. So now it's one. No, wait. It was three weeks too early. <laughs> three last weeks. Episode. Now it's two weeks before Valentine's Day. So here's the thing: Taylor and Ryan have been dating for five weeks. I would say Taylor may be a little bit hoping it's further along than it is. I think it's with a, that in context. Very important for everyone to remember while watching this episode: they've been dating for like a month and a bit. Yes. Now. As we said, Ryan is waiting for Henri to leave. Now, that's going to be a problem because apparently Henri has decided... That he's going to stay in Newport. He's He's going to rent a house. And he asked Taylor to move in with him. And Taylor thinks that's a great idea because she's been doing too much mooching. She does say she's been mooching off of, I think, Summer and Julie. I'm like, "I, I don't honestly know if Julie's been mooching off, I guess, Summer? So everyone's new- mooching off. Look, summer. no, no one who lives in that house is paying for that. Is house. paying for that house. So who cares if an extra person is there? Neil doesn't. And then she says that she will force herself, I guess, to fall in love with Henri. So this is the the, the biggest indication that it feels real whiplashy to like all of a sudden go to okay, and now I guess they're broken well, up ish. Taylor keeps saying that Ryan abandoned her at a rep- rap party for a French talk show. <laughs> But, like, 
at the French talk show, she is in her element. If anything, she abandoned Ryan. He just physically left. Yeah, and she knows where he lives. Yeah. <laughs> she's any but you know what? It is Taylor. Yeah. And Taylor has not had a good romantic history. That's that's what I mean by like I get where they're going from. It feels poorly conveyed. It's just annoying. Yeah. And the way they do it is just annoying. So this whole sequence ends with the boys being like, oh, we should really call them. And the girls being like, oh, I hope they call. And then it zooms in on the phones. And they clearly don't call because we're right to Summer. Summer comes to visit Ryan at work. And she's really just there to talk about Seth. And Ryan loses (laughs) his mind and decides to lie for Seth. Yeah. By saying that Seth has pink eye. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, Ryan couldn't call Taylor because Seth had pink eye. Yeah. Uh, I was almost worried that this was going to be a thing where where Summer was not tell Seth what Taylor's thinking. Like, at all. Yeah. But fortunately, Summer, g- quickly grabbing the reins of being a rational person on this show. Is like, hey, Ryan, Henri and Michelle's not leaving, and he asked Taylor to move in. <laughs> Ryan's like, ah, dang it, guess I got, gotta do something. Yes, I can't just wait. And now returning to the show. <laughs> okay, I keep thinking he's done. <laughs> no, no, it is. It is Mr. Shea, Mr. Winchester, whatever his last name is. Oh, Winchester is the last name, but no, it's Win- his first Winchester's name. Winchester is his first name because that's why he's called Che. No, 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 I know. Winchester is the last name, but it's his first name. So who knows? Yeah. Uh, he's just hanging out, doing some Che things in Somerset. Oh, I wish he was just hanging out. He's doing Tai Chi in the living room. That's a Che thing. Yeah. So Seth comes to talk to Summer, but he finds Che, and he's like, um, why? Why are you still on this TV show? When, when it was first described that Che was coming in by Summer, she said that he had weird he had weird vibes and he needed to be here. And she just explains it as, he may be like a supernatural entity. And at this point... He may be. He may be. Because he's here to, let's be clear, spiritually guide Seth. To, from what I don't understand. Like, he just keeps saying that like a part of Seth is trapped. Yeah. He, from he, Seth's sorrow over Summer not wanting to be engaged. It's a whole lot of nonsense. But I think it's on purpose. Like, it's a little annoying that... It never, like, even what Seth gets out of this is very unclear and very much just to set up one future plot line. But he says, you it's, when you put energy out in the world and it wasn't returned to you, so you've been emasculated so, by your animus. So I'm going to help you get your animus back. Yeah, and none of that works. Makes sense. Like, well, the, well, the idea of being you put energy out and didn't get it back and then into emasculation. <laughs> I mean, many, it's a lot. many of Che's lines are often just to humiliate Seth. Then he says things like they revealed his, like, his hypocrisy, Che's, and saved him, so he owes them. And this does almost feel like the setup for some weird villain thing, except for it's not. Che is just really earnest. Like, very genuinely, he's... He- I will help you. I'm here to help you, and I will not leave... This until place, you're helped. Until you are helped. Now, he. this is two weeks before Valentine's Day. He's supposed to be in school. I mean, yeah, but he's... There's, there's a dis- decent chance he's not in school anymore. He's just, <laughs> he may have been He just out. floated. I think maybe just left. I don't think he cares. I, I 
it's not clear how old he actually is, but he seems like one of those eight-year... He does seem older than our leads. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> anyway, Summer busts in and is yeah. like, Che, leave him alone, for I have a romantic date night planned. Tonight. Yeah. And Seth is awkward about it, and it does seem like Che is going to come on their date. <laughs> he doesn't. I'll spoil that now. Yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah, and Seth pretends it's okay, but it's not okay. Do you know who else is not okay? Taylor. Taylor is out having lunch with Henri Michel, and they're looking at pamphlets for buildings for him to rent. It turns out Henri hates closets, which I didn't realize was a thing that I guess the French do. I don't think these are French stereotypes anymore. I I think this is just him. I think he's the worst man. I I would love the idea. I mean, we have met another Frenchman. And he was not like that. To be fair, he also was Was... clearly not one. That's true. He was also not a Frenchman. But I do like the idea... And I would love if the if at some point there was some other Frenchman from France came up and they're like, no, 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 he's the worst. We all hate him. <laughs> no, he's terrible. Unterrible. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he makes us look bad across the continent. I don't know why he doesn't shower. <laughs> I don't know his thing about closets either. <laughs> we don't agree with this. I mean, we don't. We don't think it's good. So now Taylor is like a hundred percent sure her and Ryan are broken up and. Henri is very open. <laughs> now, I took something more important away from this scene, Kevin. Okay. Yeah, she thinks they're broken up. More importantly, Ryan doesn't like cheese. And that means, from my perspective, yeah. Ryan is not deserving of love. <laughs> he has become the villain of this TV show. Well, here's here's exactly what I how I imagine the conversation went, essentially. Taylor Taylor was like, oh, we have, I can get you all these kinds of cheese. I can get I can get you a, uh, a, a nice Gouda cheese. I can get you a blue cheese. I can get you like all these kinds of cheese. And Ryan's just like, I mean, cheddar's fine. And she's like, just cheddar? Ryan didn't want a charcuterie? Yeah, that's that is exactly what it meant. It's not that he doesn't like cheese; that he's like, I guess I'm not super like, yeah, what? But you know what? I bet if Taylor gave him a charcuterie, she just picked the cheeses. He would think it was the best meal he ever had because that's how Ryan is. Because it can't because it came from her. Yeah. Uh, This is where we get the first inclination of what this is all going to be about because Henri says in French first, but I love you. I love you, and Taylor like. The, uh, the the moment in this scene is Taylor just being like, uh, uh, what? And she's like, can you say you love me again? Just keep saying it. And he says he'll say it a thousand times. And I do not doubt that for the rest of the day, he follows her around saying, je t'aime, une, je t'aime, toi. All right, let's check, uh, let's check back in with, the the Caitlyn storyline that we talked about earlier, and we're being introduced to it, I guess, and not check back in. So I guess Caitlyn and Will made up at some point after Julie. Told- they did. They did. That's when she went to the 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 was it the clothing thing, and he said, "I'll call you afterwards." Remember how that scene was terrible because it didn't resolve anything. Well, I guess it did resolve things because now they're a couple. I told you that scene should have been done in front of an an audience that wasn't like the homeless guys because that wasn't the that wasn't the problem in their relationship. Well, off camera. They made up to the point that Caitlin does not mind canoodling with him in front of all the students, she, every student. Especially one student who will learn. Caitlin does say here that this is the, the first time she's ever got a non-cheating A. So, so, okay, I guess we'll take from that what we will. Caitlin's version of cheating, though, like, she always, she strikes me as someone who doesn't need to cheat. 
but just does it. I, I, I don't know, Aaron. At this point, they don't know what a character... They, they made her be the a young prodigy in the fantasy world, but now she's someone who can't get an A without cheating. They don't know what to do with this she student. never bothered to study, only did it cheat. She's Little did she know. She's both the, king, the, the, the queen of the school and also the outsider. And... and well, she flirts with Will. And let's be real, she's actually very nice to him when she's flirting with him. And I think that's important for the storyline. When they are flirting at their... At their... Mm-hmm lockers she's very sweet to him for caitlin yeah like she's very nice she says nothing teasing nothing mean yeah there's also some girls staring at them yes someone else from chuck actually (laughs) so what we will learn is that this girl is lucy lucy a band geek yes she's in band with with will and it will become obvious it will become spoken later but it's clear now she loves will she loves will my god does she love will so much probably because he's a nice boy in band who's tall and not super nerdy (laughs) i'm sorry i was in band and i know what a lot of band boys looked like and i would date like two out of ten of them well i mean also from what we see the band it seems like the rest of the band is just Girls. It's just Will who's strong enough to carry the drums. And it seems like it seems like unfortunately Lucy is straight. Uh, something I just want to bring up here, just in the middle here, because uh, Kitten mentions it. Aaron, what is it with these? Do 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 you do high schools in America really teach Latin to kids? Some of them do. Why? So they can get into Ivy League schools. Oh my god, it's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> Why Latin? Because there was. Is there saying Latin test? I remember other things being, oh, Latin test, Latin test. Why are these kids learning Latin? What That has no function in the real world other than proving that you know Latin. Well, and that's the point. So it's a throwback to, like, the old school days of academia. Back, back, back in the day, the only thing that connected universities across nations, across continents, was that Latin was the go-to language of scholarship. Now that these days, English has become the go-to language of scholarship and also business – although Mandarin is rising up there, Latin becomes like an extra status symbol on top of this. If you're someone who knows Latin, you're like an old wealthy, you're an old intellectual, you have power from way, way back in the days. I am doing a master's degree in education, and I just read a bunch of papers about this. It's like having a red car versus having a blue car. Exactly. It means nothing in (laughs) practice. It means other people are like, ooh, red car. But you can write a lot of things about it. (laughs) Anyway, um, Lucy is... To be fair, harassing Will about whether or not he's going to come to their bake sale on Friday. Yeah, Lucy is also is not I mean, she's not socially great, but that's fine. And Caitlin teases Will about spending his Friday night at a bake sale, which is a fair thing to tease your boyfriend about, because that is a lame Friday night activity. That is a Friday lunchtime activity. But maybe Will likes it. He likes selling baked goods. Aaron, he he purposely volunteered to the to do the clothing sale, and he was the only person there. He was the only student there. Like, That's true. like the thing is that this is in line with what we know of Will that he likes this stuff. Remember, remember how ex- how excited he was to do the presentation. That's like, true. Will is using the vernacular of the show a big old dork and loves it. I just don't understand why these are nighttime activities. Aaron, I don't Who know is why coming to these things at nighttime. Aaron, I don't know why anything in the show. <laughs> happens at any time there's no there's no rules there are no rules to this high school that's the wild west out there people are just flying by the sea of their pants anyway caitlin does some teasing and i think her teasing is appropriate 
Yeah, I mean, we'll get to Lucy. So let's head over and see what Kirsten is up to a new match. Kirsten is up to ignoring Julie. Yeah, man, we're going to have to talk about this storyline, and I don't... I don't like what they're doing. I don't like what they're doing. Yeah, they they could have done something interesting with Julie's character. Instead, they didn't. So this scene sets up the Julie of this episode. Julie calls Kirsten twice. Kirsten keeps ho- hanging up on her. Which And it's indicated that Julie has been calling Kirsten hanging up on her for hours. Yeah, yeah, a lot. And also, Julie sent Kirsten a cookie bouquet. Yeah, just essentially, Julie wants to be friends again. And Kirsten's like, you didn't have to do a prostitution ring. <laughs> you didn't want to do a prostitution. The, 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 what makes this entire thing worse is that Julie, like, so Julie is obviously very sad about it. And you could see it as like, oh, well, she's only sad because she got caught. I'm like, no, she was sad before. Like, we constantly saw her wanting to not do this. And then constantly some dudes coming in and being like, but your but your into your independence but then she never really utilized her independence. No, it was like she'd be like, My life's going great. I would not like to do prostitution and they're like, But you might be poor if you don't do it. She's like, You're right, I could be poor if I don't do it. And then she does it and And gains nothing. And never fights for it. Like if she had fought for it, like some something oh, we talked about this last episode. She just seems like she seems like a helpless victim of something that she was actively doing. Yeah, which is makes it very hard to to not even like like maybe sympathize with the character, maybe understand her character, maybe know why her character is doing anything because nothing nothing see, makes sense in this world. She doesn't seem to be in charge of her own actions. Well, you know, she is Caitlyn's mother, so they have some things in common. All right. Uh, well, speaking of Caitlyn, Caitlyn is, is skateboarding <laughs> in the middle of the night, just up and down her driveway. I think it's supposed to be her getting home. I feel like this shot cut in too early. (laughs) (laughs) Like, because she walks to the skateboard, puts it down, stands on it, goes a short distance. And I don't think Willa Holland is a comfortable skateboarder. No, this is before she trained to be on Arrow and became a superhero. Yeah. Um, (laughs) She also is, like, wearing... The thing is, like, she's wearing, like, a Marissa dress. Well, that's all she ever wears. She wears leggings and, like, a dress that is... Too long to be a shirt, but too short to be a dress. So I don't know why they gave her the skater thing. Because <laughs> it's not her vibe. Her vibe is not skater. Anyway, Ryan arrives because that house is full of every person, but it's not full of Taylor right now. Taylor is at the Four Seasons, which Riverdale has destroyed me, and I kept wanting to call it the Five Seasons. Yeah, yeah. They call the they have the Four Seasons and the Quickie Mart. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, Ryan is informed that Taylor is at the Five Seasons with Henri Michelle, and he's like, cool, guess I'm going there. And Ta- and um, Kurt- Caitlin is like, where's your gift for Taylor? You know, Henri's buying her a house. And Ryan's like, what? I should buy... I, was, I should buy a woman I date a gift. I was just going to... I was just going to tell her... Now, this is the this is the interesting... And this is where I solidify me what I really thought the storyline was going to be, and it kind of is. Um, all... Taylor wants is for Ryan to say that he loves her and Ryan is not ready for that and in this and in this situation he from taking advice from Caitlin which is not bad advice without Caitlin knowing exactly what Caitlin doesn't know what we know and to to be fair yeah you know if you ignored your girlfriend for a week and you know you're in the wrong yeah doesn't hurt to bring a, and Caitlin is not saying like buy her something expensive she's just saying buy her something cute to show you were thinking about her um 
Uh, Kayla may be saying, buy her a house. Two competing houses, alike in favor. What? Yes. What? Make Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> you buy a house, he buy a house, you fight houses. She's more Mercutio, where <laughs> she's between the two houses. Yes, which I guess means she dies. I didn't think this through, Ryan. Hmm. hmm. It won't be resolved for several days generations <laughs> you will begin it and then someday your children will get that this is the plan it's a good plan ryan it's fine maybe i can be lady capulet <laughs> but it's ba- it's essentially setting up the idea here that what ryan needs to say is i or what taylor wants is i love you and ryan will go get her a present and to be fair in the past all ryan has had to do is show up and express his feelings to marissa or Teresa. Teresa or Johnny's Johnny's cousin. cousin. <laughs> Sophie? Nope. No. Um, but all he had to do was show up and show emotion. And then people are like, oh, okay. Heaven, now all I can do is try to think of Johnny's cousin's name. Mm, you wrecked gonna, me. Not going to happen. Uh, right. Let's get to Summer and Seth's date. Because I guess this was going on inside the house that Caitlin was going to. This is actually very cute. Summer... Deciding to ignore all of the possible issues that could have come up from her saying, well, I can't be with you until I can be with myself, but let's keep dating. Summer really Seth's this. Summer (laughs) borrows all of Seth's favorite video games from Ryan. She sets up all of these like fairy lights in her bedroom. Mm -hmm. They have Thai takeout set up on like a little table. She has all the things that Seth loves. She says something very strange uh, in the middle of this. Which is that I do, you know, she says, I do love you, Seth, and I do hope to get married one day, just not right now. And I'm like, Do you understand? That's what Seth said. <laughs> to be fair, the only example she has of people being engaged are her dad, who gets engaged and married like that. He, but he didn't do that with, with uh, Julie. Oh, I guess, that's the mis- I guess that's the mistake. If you engage, you gotta get married immediately. Otherwise, it's just otherwise a- her daughter might die. <laughs> it feels like a weird pullback and having her be like, "I do love you, and I do want to get married, just not right now." And I want Seth to be like, Ye- "Huh?" <laughs> I also offered perhaps we should be engaged for many a year. Yeah, I guess, and I guess you just didn't want to have the the title of engaged. Like, it, it really makes Summer come off as the commitment phobe. Well, it almost, like, it would have been better if the noopsie thing had scared her more. And mm-hmm. she was like, if I'm your fiancé, then I'm a baby noopsie. Yeah, unfortunately, they were, like, she, it's like she needed to meet another fiancé and not just newlyweds. Yes. Because, unfortunately, meeting newlyweds and then hating it. It's <laughs> like, well, that doesn't serve anything. It's not good. But then Seth's reaction to it also is, is weird. Yeah, it. I when did think... the show become a fantasy? There's so many fantasy elements now in this show. So I think the undercurrent is Seth like looks at all of this great stuff that Summer did, and he thinks we can't go back to being the same. <laughs> so I, I guess to... so, so I have he... to run into the night. So he run not even to, into the night. He into runs the up main floor, <laughs> to the main floor where Shay is getting ready to sleep on the couch, and he tells him, "You're right. There is something wrong with my animus." <laughs> And Shay's like, excellent. I will fix your aura tomorrow morning. I guess tonight. Go home. I guess I'll make your excuses. Yeah. Yeah. Because when Summer wakes up the next morning and is calling Seth, because apparently he said that he had a 24-hour flu. On top of his pink eye. 
yes, and his conjunctiv- conjunctivitis. You said the conjunctivitis caused the pink eye. No, his sciatica caused his sciatica pink eye. Sciatica caused the that pink eye. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Anyway, he still has not returned her calls, and Summer talks to him, talks to his voicemail on her yep. phone, wanders into the kitchen where there is a note from our good friend Che. You see, <laughs> this this note does sound in the beginning, like a man who's about to kill another man. Because uh, Che begins with, I have taken Seth into the forest. <laughs> <laughs> They're going on a spirit journey. Uh, it, we're going to sort of cut between her reading it and Che and Seth going out. And I think the biggest indication that this is a terrible idea is that Che has brought three instruments with him. But also giant backpacks. Yes. I d- Seth does not know what's in those backpacks. Presumably more instruments. <laughs> <laughs> There's no food. We do learn that. And also, they don't need phones. Nope. But they do need giant backpacks. Nope. If this wasn't the OC, they would be dead. Now, he ends his letter by telling Summer that she should also use this time to find herself. Yeah, he says, like, I noticed you, uh, I think called Iron Butterfly, uh, that you're also not fully into this. Animus. So maybe you should find your path as well. Fix yourself, Summer. <laughs> the thing you said you were going to do. Continue on your path. Yeah, sure. I guess that's the storyline we're going to have to come back to. Meanwhile, the next day, Ryan went home and thought, can I really deal with Henri Michelle again? And he finally decided, yes, I will deal with him. Yes. So he arrives at Henri's room. And Henri is a lot. He's just a lot. Henri's a lot. He's actually really excited to see Ron, like Ryan, like them essentially fight he's, over yeah, this woman. He is excited for the competition. Yeah, which is, I think, in character. It's in character for uh, for how for Henri being kind of a terrible person because it does kind of depersonalize Taylor a little bit, and he does imply a lot of things like haha she'll love me more when i win yeah see they're moving into the house on monday so taylor's out shopping for furniture mm-hmm. and ryan's like mm, monday a time limit oh cool okay uh Henri does see the little teddy bear because ryan brought with him like a a teddy bear that has it's, a, it's like a thank you what it is says, this i appreciate you Who, yeah who's this teddy bear for you know what though i appreciate you I think is the message that Taylor needs. It's just so the Taylor with like gummy bears, but it's it's not any specific. It's not happy birthday. It's not like One... sorry you're sick. Yeah, it's it's thank you and I appreciate you, but you don't want to go too far. Like they couldn't put love on it. Is the thing? No, no. Even though they're two weeks from Valentine's Day, too so, early. So the fact that he couldn't. Like, like, well, the fact that the the bear at the corner store was not a Valentine's Day bear is wild to me. That's actually crazy that he couldn't find one. And he was, wouldn't that have been a cute scene? He's like at the <laughs> gas station. He's like hemming and hawing me like, do I buy the love bear? <laughs> I would, I, yeah, I would like to see him walk into there. There's like, the, he's like, he's all these romantic things. He's like, oh, right, Valentine's Day. He's looking through all of them. He's like, uh, uh, uh. Then he just lands on this like one lone bear <laughs> on a says, shelf. I appreciate And he says, you. I appreciate you. He's like. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that's the one for me. That's the one I need. That's the one we'll get across. Meanwhile, Henri is so, so motivated by the bear because he's going to give it to her. That he's he, going to write a poem. On a napkin. He's the worst. He's so bad. It's not even like a disposable napkin. He, he like takes... <laughs> like the room service napkin. Yeah. And I just want to say about him, he's so punchable. He's... I have never described anyone in my life as punchable. 
but I want to punch this man. And they, they, they reinforce his smell a couple times, but apparently he's also instantly alluring to every woman around him. You know, his natural musk, it's full of pheromones. <laughs> Friggin' pheromones. All right, we have to reintroduce a character that I knew was around, but him being in the show more is... Oh, he's still a character! Yeah, Spencer... You know, Spencer, the guy who essentially tricked... <laughs> I, don't know if, I don't know if trick's the right word. Just was, like, present <laughs> in Julie's decline to prostitution. He misunderstood Julie into prostitution. And then he just, like... He didn't bully her, but he, like, needled her into continuing it. Yeah, and I don't know what he got out of it. Because apparently he, he, he was, like... I yeah, guess, was she paying him? I guess he was just like the second in is the second in command of this whole operation. Anyway, he calls Kirsten because he wants to talk to Julie. Because apparently one of his friends has chlamydia. Yes, Chaz. Because of course he is has chlamydia. I just want to say something that I thought while watching this scene. Mm-hmm. You know whose responsibility is to notify the woman he slept with? Chaz. Chaz is a man. Chaz should tell the woman that he slept with that he has chlamydia. Well, he's he's also t- an escort. Yeah, but he's like so it's, he's a grown adult. I, so I mean, it's a whole thing there where, like, yes, he is, but I guess for responsible business practices, still think it should come from him. Well, I mean, that will become that will that will prove to not matter. So, anyway, Spencer says he can't bother telling people he's getting on a boat in Mexico. So Kirsten has to do it. You have to, or you get Julie to do it. And Kirsten's like, I don't run a prostitution business. (laughs) I don't know how any of this happened. Why is this my storyline? But uh, he's got to go, so I guess Kirsten's going to have to call Julie. Uh, We're going to get a quick scene here where the band girls uh, threaten Caitlin. And Caitlin is having none of it because... Caitlin is not scared of anyone, especially not band girls. One of them, I mean, one of them has a tuba. That thing can give you a concussion. But, like, they, they, like can we confront her in the bathroom? Or, like, stay away from, or no. They don't even say stay away from Will. They say, you better not come to our bake sale. And then Caitlin is like, fine, then I will come to the bake sale. Because Caitlin will only do things. <laughs> Caitlin was not going <laughs> to come. Angry and ironically. Though, I mean, I'll get into that when we get there. Uh, we, we head over to where Taylor uh, arrives to not home, I guess, but the the Four Seasons Four Seasons hotel room. Henri is writing his poem, and she's like, "I'm so tired." And he's like, "Hmm, take a nap, perhaps with me." And Taylor's response is, "I will not nap in a hotel room," which just goes <laughs> to prove that Taylor is still disgusted by Henri Michel. Yeah, and she's trying so hard to love him, but she can't. It's it just it doesn't make any. It doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Doesn't do anything. Anyway, Henri does give her the bear, and Taylor goes, it makes me feel nothing, and throws it into the garbage. And it clearly makes her feel a lot. It makes her feel a lot. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it probably would have been better if Ryan gave it to her. Because then she couldn't have thrown it away. <laughs> but then also, he got to talk to her. Like, really, the main... like The, the only reason I imagine that he gave it to Henri is because Henri was there. And Demanded took a, it. And took a bear from her. Like, I'll give it to her. Ha, ha, ha. Me, Henri. And Ryan was like, but I... What? I can't be a part of the scene anymore. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. This is... This is terrible. 
So Kirsten uh, contacts Julie about the whole chlamydia thing. And Julie's like, well, I guess you have to do that. And Caitlin's like, or sorry, Kirsten's like, absolutely not. I didn't run a prostitution ring. And then she's like, well, I'm not an employee of of new match prostitution anymore. And remember how I wanted to punch Henri Michelle? maybe want to punch julie in this episode yeah no it's not a good episode for julie and not writing wise and not character wise doesn't make me like her so her compromise is i guess we'll just do it together and then she is like she's kind of blackmailing her now to be friends yeah sure is. Being like, well if you remember it was our company it's it's so weird that, they're, that the way they're essentially doing this is by treating the prostitution thing as if it was, like, a better business bureau. Yeah, like, someone's going to grieve. <laughs> to be fair, someone does think about grieving them. To be fair, though, I mean, this is unethical, I guess. But, like, if they just got Chaz to tell the women, or if... You know, if if Kirsten just dug her heels in, because Kirsten honestly had nothing to do with this. Yeah. If Kirsten dug her heels in, Kirsten does not know who Chaz slept with. Yeah. All she could say is, like, Julie, you have to tell someone, or Chaz has to tell them. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's the worst that's going to come out of this? Like, these women are not necessarily (laughs) going to know it came from Chaz. Yeah, what's... Well, and and, and if they do, they, they... they did still sleep with him, and also they should re- be responsible for their own reproductive health, so they yep. should be there, getting regular tests. There are a lot of layers to this storyline that make it not work either. Like, it's it's way too early to say, because we're not anywhere near the CW moment, but we might have to exclude this storyline just based on principle that this storyline doesn't work. Because, it, like, this honestly has nothing to do with Kirsten at all. It is honestly not her problem. No, and the, and it, it doesn't even make sense for the way that it's being presented or the character motivations behind it. Also, what if one of those women gave chlamydia to Chaz? Yeah. What if, what if that's what if the he, way it happened? What if he got it from one of them? Yeah. I mean, I'm yes. just saying, like, where are the eth- ethical repercussions of this? Yeah, this is... This is you're, you're not... <laughs> You're not like a, you're not like a, you're not a brothel. You're just an illegal prostitution service. And I would like to see how they advertise. Like, what did they say? I mean, I think. I want to know more about this illegal prostitution ring. Aaron, it was clearly not well thought through on any side. There's no way that you could, someone could sign up being like, hey, I'm going on a date. And then a prostitute shows up and they're just like, okay, I guess I'll just go with this. So were these like, women who remember, just remember, wanted to have sex with teens? Remember that? I mean, fir- grown men. Grown men. Remember that first night was like was I think Spencer went on a date and accidentally got paid. I don't know. He I don't think he accidentally got paid. He said, "I will give you your cut when I get back." I think he initiated the prostitution. But then the woman assumed, just did it. Yes, Aaron. This doesn't make sense. We we couldn't get that deep into it because our because our episodes already go too long of us getting into logical loops themselves. But none of this makes sense, and as the storyline comes to the end, it can come to the end in the only way that it could. Which it, is it, a way that it, makes it, no sense. It, yeah, it died as it lived, wasting my time. 
Meanwhile, Summer calls Taylor, saying that she wants to make Seth a fancy dinner, and she needs Taylor's help, for she is bad at cooking. But isn't Taylor also bad at cooking? But Taylor thinks she's good at cooking. Anyway, Summer is not calling Taylor for cooking advice. Taylor, ta- Summer is calling Taylor for Ryan! Yes, and it's and this is this is reminds me of the scene of how much I love... I'm not even going to say Ryan and Summer. Rachel Bilson <laughs> and Benjamin McKenzie doing scenes together is so great. Because it's her, like, and because it's not like Marissa, like, this is my longtime friend thing. It's just her being like, look, I like you, Ryan. Ryan, you... I'm going to give you some advice because I also like Taylor. Now, her advice is kind of weird because, like, Ryan was like, well, I'm going to tell her how I feel. And Summer's like, yes, you better tell her how you feel. It's like, I was, yeah, that's what? That's what I said. But it means a lot to her, Ryan. I, I know. You're just saying things I know. But, Ryan, you need to tell her how you feel with better words than you usually use. Like, I, I yeah, I do this at least once a season. I got it. <laughs> Summer, I can pull it together for one scene. You know how it works. You know how this goes. Um, <laughs> so I, I, so usually, you know, like this, like the shout out jokes. I want to shout this out because it feels almost improvised. Summer says, "Don't choke it," and she <laughs> tries to choke Ryan, <laughs> and she goes, "Your neck is too big." You got a wide neck, and she goes, "Your small hands." <laughs> And it seems like it happened because they did the scene and her hands came nowhere near to choking him. <laughs> uh, wide neck, small hands, can't lose. <laughs> so, Aaron. So, Kevin. Oh, what did you learn this week? Or I guess what did we learn this week? Well, this week... As I ranted about earlier in this episode, I am doing my master's in education, blah, blah, blah. And one of my courses this summer is on workplace education and society. Workplace learning and society. Yes. And so for our final project, we get to do pop culture analysis. Yay! Where we take it, we can also do like a media analysis or a workplace or an essay, but pop culture analysis. Yay! Where we take a piece of pop culture and we analyze it for themes that come up in the course, which is basically what I do every week for profit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So you you had me help you by watching The Mindy Project. Yes. And man, boy, does this does this what we're doing feel different when it's on a good show. <laughs> right? Like there are things where you're like, oh, I can see like the echoes of workplace learning and like power dynamics there's, and, and there's there's, mo- there's moments where because I'm used to doing the show where I'm like, okay, I'm I'm looking at it and I have to treat this where I have to like try to find the funny things to do and I'm like or try to find things to pick nitpick apart and I'm just like but it's just good it's just good <laughs> it's and, just good and like it's the first season it's far enough into the show where they've like found their their rhythm um it's such a good representation of like power dynamics in the workplace and like for anyone out there who's wondering it's season one episode eight yeah it's the episode where um, Dr. Shulman retires and Mindy and Danny and Jeremy have to figure out how to be in charge which means nothing for people who haven't watched the yeah. Mindy project like me they want to figure out how to be in charge of the practice and also the midwives moving upstairs yes um, so yeah it, 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 it reminded me of when we first decided to start doing the show and we picked Riverdale and one and whenever we had two fears one it was going to be so bad that it would never continue on or two It'd be too good, and we wouldn't be able to talk about it. Like, I don't think we could do. No, we could definitely do a podcast episode on the Mindy Project. Yeah, but it wouldn't be this like it fun, would, jokey banter. It, it would be like we would dissect issues. Yeah, it would be. It would be a lot more 
serious and less jokey. Because even even like OC, there's episodes in the first season where like this is just good. Is- M- mostly we could get away with the OC because a lot of it was also because it was an older show. There's stuff of its time that we could kind of like eh, needle. And like since we had already done the Riverdale stuff, we were like, okay, we can pick up like themes <laughs> and make jokes around themes of teen dramas. Yeah, so I guess that's sort of what we learned. We learned about ourselves. We learned that we're good at comedy and good at analysis, but one is more interesting to the audience than the other. We come back in, and it's Shay and Seth in the woods, and we will be constantly returning to them in the woods, and not a lot progresses for a lot of them. Essentially, in every scene, Seth is Seth, Mm -hmm. and Shay is Shay, and they're building a sweat lodge. And the what we finally have landed on from Shay's weird rambling is that is that Seth's spirit animal is sick because he was rejected. And I guess we're just going to go with that because this is a fantasy show now, apparently. So we're going to set it free. They're building a sweat lodge. And they need willow branches and Che has pines yeah buffalo Wolf. Like skins not he says they're hinds but i think they're supposed to be i think it was they're building their yeah. sweat lodge out of they're building a sweat lodge out of like beaver it, skins look it doesn't basically. matter none of this matters nothing matters ryan and taylor finally talk yes she calls him a weasel which is a real she comes out of the gate hot She's so mad at him, but yeah. she's extra mad at him because yeah. she has been spending so much time with Henri Michel, who she actually loathes. She loathes so, so, Henri so Michel. She, so it's just because she was trying to love Henri, she's unloading all her hate that she's been holding from Henri upon Ryan, who she loves. Uh, she says some stuff like, oh, why couldn't you have faith? And he was like, I thought we were too different, but now I don't think that anymore. But Taylor's like, but I do think we are. And Ryan's like, I don't care, though. I like the time we spend together. I want to tell you how I feel. And then she really boils it down to... Do you love me? Yeah. Say that you love me. And he's like, uh... We've been dating for one month and a bit. <laughs> yeah. It's too early, Taylor. It's... I know Henri Michel said it after one night, I assume. Yeah, but that's... The thing's like... Essentially, what's happening here is that she wants a very specific thing immediately... And weirdly enough, they're setting it really up like she cannot compromise, which is weird. I mean, so I was also quite frustrated with Taylor during this episode. Yeah. But I will say, I feel like Taylor has lived a life exclusively of compromise. Mm-hmm. Taylor makes herself small, so her mother will love her. Taylor makes herself lesser than to follow Henri Michelle around. Mm-hmm. And Taylor has finally learned how to, like embrace the things that she is and the things that she loves mm-hmm. but i think she's gone slightly too far now i'm giving the show too much credit they're saying none of these things the, the i'm just like feeling these things the problem that i ended up and I, what are what i ended up writing down is like okay going back to our idea that we think this see the problems the problems of the season is too com- too compressed mm-hmm. is that the issue pivoting to oh Taylor is upset because Ryan isn't good at expressing himself is a fine issue for them to have, but it feels weird that it came off the back of we are too different as they people. They need one more 
episode of them like fumbling trying to find each other again after the word too different i think yeah maybe it, it also doesn't work that when you look at it logically and maybe and you know they're probably just trying to avoid not have people look at it like that in that way it was, like, it was a tv show emotions are heightened um that they have been going out for a month and a week well and the thing is and, like, and, and hey and they spent some of that time in a coma that's true <laughs> And the thing is, we watch the show weekly. Like, we let's, like, peel back the curtain. Mm -hmm. We don't record, like, a batches of episodes back to back. Like, we yeah. actually do watch it weekly. So we're watching it essentially in real time to what people would have been watching when it aired. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, we are looking at it more critically, perhaps, than they would have. But it just seems so fast. It does. It's, it, seems, it seems a lot. It, it's, it really comes down to, I think... And uh, well, it comes out to the way the way that they're portraying it is that it feels like her specific issue is that like it's it's like I think she does believe that he does love her, lo love her, have those feelings, but she needs to needs hear it. To hear it, he, she needs him to say it. And I mean, this the this this you know the storyline's not done. Well, we have the rest of this episode. So yeah, yeah, I was gonna say like no, moving on. Here's a chance that scene we're not going to talk on the about floor, it. So whatever, who cares? Julie and Kirsten go to meet the first woman, and the first woman seems very, very <laughs> happy because Julie didn't do her one job. No, she didn't tell her that she had chlamydia, so then Kirsten has to come over and say, you have chlamydia, Julie will pay for all the medical costs. And the woman says she's going to sue them, which she's definitely not going to do. And Kirsten says, really? <laughs> you want... I like how Kirsten goes... Um, Gerson <laughs> says, "Do you really want this like the this aired out in public court and not So you're just going to go and be like, "Hey, I hired a prostitute and I got an STI." <laughs> okay? <Yeah>. And <laughs> Sorry, lady. You Well, I mean Chaz would also be in pro in trouble, but like, do you know? <laughs> well, <laughs> but it it is it carries the same energy as, "Hey, I stole this from your store, and it doesn't work. But to be fair, this woman is just lashing out because yes. she thinks she has chlamydia, she's... and I'm sure there will be no repercussions <laughs> from this at all. Yeah, she's clearly not going to do it. It's just kind of a funny thing. And then this goes to the whole thing where, like, Chris is like, oh, and goes, oh, you didn't do the one thing. And Julie's like, like, I'm fine. We'll do the next one. Or I get our nails done. And at this point, I wrote down the exact words. What is the story? What is this? Julie being Julie. Like, what is what is happening in the storyline that I should care about? Now, we're all tired of Julie being Julie. But what we're not tired of is Summer being brown Summer. <laughs> yes, Summer. Ha what happened? Did she get kicked out of brown, came back, and forgot that she liked brown Summer? Uh, yeah, she forgot that she can be both. Yeah, because she's, because in this se sequence, she's not finding a new thing. She's just doing the thing she said she could do earlier and then forgot and then weirdly took it out on Seth. So Summer is studying animals to find one that she can start a nonprofit about. Yeah. Um, also, Taylor's there and Taylor identifies with an elephant because elephants are also often embarrassed in the public. Yeah, it's very clear that she just picked a random animal and applied her emotions to it. Summer here, being uh, Ryan's actual best friend, uh, so explains to explains to Taylor <laughs> that this gift that Ryan gave her 
is an extremely thoughtful and amazing gift because Ryan doesn't give gifts. He didn't. I don't know if he ever gave a gift to Marissa. He gave a necklace to Marissa because remember Marissa compared the necklace that Ryan gave her to the necklace that Johnny gave her. Right. Yes. Yes, he did. But like Ryan... Gifts is not his love language. No, his his love language is actions. Yeah, it's not language. Yeah, it's not language. It it's is, like gifts of service. Yes, he will do. He does things for you, and he is around for you. Like if Taylor was ever being stalked, he would stay outside her house for days on end, <laughs> protecting her from the stalker. My, my favorite part of the scene, though, is after he says that, Taylor goes, "Oh, oh, oh, God, <laughs> this is a big thing." Oh no, oh, I no. misinterpreted. Uh, I thought it was just him blowing it off, but for him, that's a huge like. Showing of trust, especially a month into a relationship. And then the smile that Taylor gives, like, yes, I helped my best friend. I mean, now my best friend. <laughs> and so off Taylor runs into the daytime smash cut. Whoa! Ryan is at the beach. Sandy's in this episode. <laughs> I forgot about Sandy. He doesn't appear again. <laughs> He's in this scene. So Sandy and Ryan both happen to turn up at the beach at the same time to do their exercise. Now, Aaron, I'm sure they talk about something important in this scene, but I just couldn't get over the fact that this scene is, sh- is shot with the cameraman just, like, swaying back and forth and spinning around them. And Can we talk about how the extras walk so close they, they make, up behind they Sandy They make the Seth? extras go so close to them, the fact that they're in focus. Like, I think they're going to interrupt the scene. Yeah. Like, something's going to happen. Well, I'll tell you why you also think something's going to happen. And this is shot like a like not like a dramatic scene. Like with the camera moving, it's disorienting because the camera will be going left, then it'll cut to Ryan and it's going back right, then it'll cut to Sandy and it's further away, and like continuing right, then it cuts to Ryan and it's going back left and it's going up and down. It's it is Madness. Yeah, it is I I, <laughs> I can't get over how badly shot this one scene is. It clearly has to be like the B crew, which is why Sandy and Ryan are the only people there. So the point of this scene is that Sandy is Ryan's dad and that Ryan is excited and scared by Taylor. And he better go do something about it. Do something, Ryan, says Sandy. Yeah, I, do something. Yeah, I wrote none of that down. Uh, so Taylor is back at her, uh, not her room, it's Henri's room. Gossip's treating them like they're anything that matters. The bear, she's running in. She wants the bear. She wants the bear. The bear is not in the garbage anymore, but Henri's hanging out. And then like... There's this weird moment here where it's like her seeing Henri again makes her completely forget the other stuff. She goes, I want to be with someone who isn't afraid, who wants to be be with me and isn't afraid to say it. I mean, the thing is, she's trying to reconcile that because Mm. she looks at Henri and she says, you say you love me all the time, (laughs) but you give me physical repulsion. Yeah. Ryan can't ever say it. But he bought me this bear, and I know what I want. Like, yeah. for the first time in my life, I, Taylor Townsend, know what I want. But you're giving me the thing I want, and I don't want you. <laughs> yeah. And she says all that in her face, because Autumn Reeser is a really good actor. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, it, it seems like they very much don't ever want to draw attention to the fact that she was introduced having an affair with the teacher, uh, or the dean. Oh, yeah. Dean of discipline. But, like, it feels like there is stuff there. That makes so much sense, though, because I'm sure he did tell her she was amazing and he loved her. Yeah, that, that, that's the thing. You, you think that she could u- utilize that as a way to learn that, like, oh, he said that, but I know now that that was actually a bad situation. So just because someone says... They love you. They love you. Doesn't mean they love you. And I kind of... Th- 
thought that might be the outer because Henri was doing things this entire episode that made him feel like he felt like this was a game and he was like oh you and me we'll we'll fight over the ball Ryan is like that's no that's no, Taylor Taylor's not a ball Taylor's not a ball Henri and I thought that was going to be the outcome is that he, that she was going to like be like Henri I think you do love me but you don't love like me you love the idea <laughs> of me you like the peaches much, much as I hate that saying the idea. Now, um, there is a short scene after this mm-hmm. where Che and Seth are doing their sweat lodge, and it comes up that Seth ate some berries, and I thought that would mean something. It does. See, that's why he hallucinates in the next scene. But doesn't Che also hallucinate? I think Che also either either A, also eat the berries, or B, is just high all the time. I think... Anything's I, possible. The implication really seems to be um, is that Che does have some weird spiritual powers... Yeah, this is a fantasy novel. Yeah, because we have we have uh, was it Taylor and Ryan sharing mind spaces. We have this whole <sighs> thing with Che doing this weird stuff. I mean, yeah, Seth ate some berries. We'll have to come back to them, I suppose. Now the sweat lodge thing is intercut with a scene of Kurt, uh, Caitlin arriving at the band bake sale, mm-hmm. which, to be fair, only has band members at it, so it's a bad bake sale. <laughs> Yeah. And Caitlin kind of calls that out. She's like, this is a bad bake sale. But she, to be fair, she is pretty nice to Will. She teases the bake sale a little bit, but it's mostly pretty nice. One thing I will say, I mean, yeah, so she she bugs the um uh, the the band people by the fact that their clothing looks stupid and the bake sale is dumb. But she doesn't do that in front of Will. So what happens is she's talked to Will a little bit, and then he goes off to get her a soda. Yeah. And then Lucy's like, girls like you don't belong here. And then Kurt... Caitlin's like, what? Girls like me who don't enjoy wearing polyester and marching around and wearing dumb hats. And then when Will comes back, Lucy says, Caitlin was just making fun of all the band things. She said her outfits are dumb. I'm not defending Lucy at all. I think she also is really weird in this. But I, I just I guess... think it's important to point out mm-hmm. that the actual actions they show Caitlin doing to Will are not the actions that Lucy ascribes to her. Well, They're actions we could picture Caitlyn doing. And we see a little bit of inform. The problem with Lucy has is that Lucy has knowledge that Lucy should not have. Yes. Lucy, when we go into the, the, the final scene with Lucy, she's going to say things that don't make sense for Lucy to say and it's really much like, it's Lucy essentially is saying what the the writers think the audience should feel about the things that Caitlyn does. Yeah. So we will get to that in the big whole climax. So we're not there quite yet. First, Lucy runs away to the bathroom. Yes, Lucy runs away to the bathroom. Caitlin feels badly <laughs> I, about I it. I do love Caitlin's face here because she gets the drink. Lucy runs away because, you know, because Will says, well, it is dumb. And she and Lucy runs. But Caitlin's face is like, huh, wait, why aren't I happy about this? <laughs> why, why, is, why is making that woman cry not bringing me joy? I should feel good, for she tried to make me cry, <laughs> and I came out the better. But I said I'm not, and I thought that might be a character moment, but it's not. It's just a thing she feels at that moment. Okay. Meanwhile, back to the sweat lounge. Seth and Che appropriate some culture for a little bit. And Seth meets his spirit otter. <laughs> yes, yes. he. Uh, his spirit animal is apparently an otter, and then Che is super weird about his spirit animal being an otter. Now, 
it's okay that I felt weird about this entire scene, right? Because I felt weird about this entire scene. <laughs> it's weird that they that it felt like for a long time they were going to do the jokes like, ha, ah, look at these two white dudes going to the forest doing, like, <laughs> Native American rituals. And then they kind of played it straight. They're taking it very seriously. Yeah, because Seth will go back to Summer and be like, I did it. I fixed my spirit animal, which is what I guess was wrong. And in a show always about confronting your emotions and dealing with them, the fact that Seth is going to fix his problem by just going out to the forest and doing some pseudo-spiritualism stuff. I know. Like, I wasn't offended. And then I felt weird that I wasn't offended. It's weird to me that, like, it's... I mean, we'll get to why it's being set up. Anyway, Che is weird about Seth being an otter, but Seth is pumped. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, This is the scene I mentioned where it seems like Honoré actually is irresistible to all women around him. So he wrote a poem about peaches, and he reads the poem, and all of the women swoon. One of of them, after he reads the poem, like, leans over to Taylor and goes, I would kill to have a man who reads a poem or writes a poem about me. Do you get it, Taylor? (laughs) But don't worry. Because the music swells, and in comes Ryan, and he also has a poem. <laughs> he, he's got a poem battle on Re. That was his plan. He This was a spur-of-the-moment <laughs> thing. He wrote a poem being like, he's going to read a poem. I'm going to read a poem. I'm going to do this for Taylor. And what I'm going to say right now is this should have immediately gone Taylor back into Ryan. He is, Absolutely. He goes up there, and Henri's like, no, go ahead. Let him well, read. Well, because some woman's like, this is not an open mic. <laughs> All right, it's not. Nah, let him. It's true. It is. It is Henri's. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not an open mic. But Henri's. Like, no, nah, let him do it. Uh, Ryan reads like the first two lines of a poem, like stuttering. Goes, okay, this is dumb, and then leaves. <laughs> and then Taylor takes the poem from him and reads it out loud. And it's mostly about how he can't. He can't express his emotions. He can't write poems. But he still. But he still feels a lot of feelings for her. Mm. And if she just dates him for longer than a month and a bit, he can love her. Yeah. He's getting there. Yeah. Yep. And then, weirdly enough, Henri has, like, vanished. Right the night. And Taylor's like, I gotta go find him. I... Even even Autumn Reezer seems confused why she took this trip. Well, because she says to Ryan, she's like, I loved your poem. It was so good. The lines say I have to leave now. Anyway, goodbye? I guess? She meanders, and Ryan's like, huh. All right, uh... We we head back into the Julian Kirsten storyline and where Kirsten and Julia I guess decide to go for dinner. They told three out of the five women, mm-hmm. but oh my god, who was in the one restaurant in Newport? Oh my god, it's Spencer. Spencer, he's not in Mexico. Why did you go to the one restaurant in Newport, you dum dum? And then he says something that takes a long time for them to explain what it is. He says, "Julie made me do it," and I'm like, "Julie made you tell the other women they have chlamydia?" No. That's not what he was saying. Julie made Spencer call Kirsten with a fake (laughs) chlamydia scare so that Kirsten would spend the entire day with Julie. Aaron, what is this story? What is this arc? What is... Julie come up with nothing else? This is Julie's storyline? And Julie thinks it's okay because she picked the five meanest women in Newport. Which means every woman in Newport is getting... 20-year-old prostitutes? <laughs> There's a distinct chance that those women actually did not sleep with those men. <laughs> I mean, that's why Julie... Wasn't telling ...was them. the one who was actually telling them, though she did a very bad job by being too chummy with them. And what is Spencer's deal? Why... 
Why? Why was he involved in this plot? Spencer was the one who started the whole prostitution thing. How is... I guess Curse is probably also mad at him. It's just so dumb. It's... I, I, I understand that Julie could not have explained to Kirsten how everything went, because how could a human being describe the situation where I sent those boys out for dates, turns out they thought it was prostitution. And then I just couldn't stop. And Every <laughs> time I tried to stop, a man told me I had to so I could ensure my own future. At first I tried to stop, the Spencer was like, oh, but you know, your house, maybe you, someone will stop, that guy will stop paying for your house. And then I tried again, then Frank was like, hey... But your house. You're, you're independent now. You're an independent person. And I and here's the thing. I don't really believe those persons. I think I am an independent person. But them saying it, it's just coming out of a guy, a man's mouth, I suppose. I was like, Kirsten, oh, Kirsten, I right. thought I was independent before. But then they said I wasn't. And only prostitution would make me independent. And Kirsten, you know my issues on this TV show. I think what we're, what we're coming here in season four is I think they were out of ideas. Like, I think if they had not gotten canceled, they would have been like, oh my god, what do we do for season five? So Julie starts a murder club? I guess so. It's a murder club. Yeah. All right, Caitlin uh, will run after Lucy in this Lucy scene. Lucy has been in the washroom for far too long. Yeah. And Caitlin's like, look, I'm sorry Will doesn't like you, but like... <laughs> Lucy Lucy makes the shocking reveal that she's loved uh, Will forever. And Caitlin's like, yeah, duh. And then Lucy's like, but if you love him... Because Caitlin does say nice things about him. He's yeah. funny. He's smart. He's great to make out with, which He's... are enough reasons for I, a teenager to... I don't know to... if she says smart. I think she says hot. But like, she is She's funny, hot, and yeah, it's... Like, Caitlin... And also, Caitlin is Caitlin. She's putting on her face. Yeah. But, like, she obviously appreciates him. But Lucy's like, then why do you make fun of the things he likes? Like our band uniforms and also being in the band. And I'm like, um... Yeah, Lucy... Once again, Lucy says things that there. I cannot believe that Lucy would know. But it's like they're trying to write it so that she can only say information that Lucy knows. But she's putting out things that you could extrapolate from the other things they do. Like the fact that Caitlin actually did not do the big, like, hey... I'm sorry, let's get back together thing in front of an audience. You could say that. You could say that. Um, I, I One thing I was going to say that they could have delved into deeper is that the only reason she actually went to the bake sale to support Will was not because of Will. It was to spite Lucy. And that's kind of a, that's kind of a mean thing. It's to, kind of a mean thing. Although, to be, to be fair, yeah. you know, now that I'm an adult... I don't think you have to like all of the things that your significant other likes. And if you come to the things that are important to them, you don't have to come to all things. Maybe and the bake sale is important to him. Uh, Will does not seem to think the bake sale is important for Caitlin to attend. The, the problem that really comes down to is that... There's be- not enough space. Yeah, the problem is that, that because we do not know... We know some about Will as a character, but we don't know enough about him as his own person for us to properly understand how much we can agree with Lucy. Obviously the show wants us to agree with Lucy and I can see You could see how that could and, be. A and thing. also you could see where how that fits with Caitlin's character. Caitlin's character is a person who interacts with the world through teasing dis- everyone. Through teasing through sarcasm through um ironic as a defense mechanism, which and, is an interesting story thing. And Lucy tells Caitlin that she makes Will not want to be who he is. Which you can see signs of i was putting out there that maybe be like he he doesn't wear i guess he doesn't wear the so she, but he's not sorry. the only one not wearing the uniform at the bake sale I, there are other band members not wearing the I uniform. don't know if they're band members 
he's wearing a hoodie and there are other people there are other people there wearing just the hoodie but this is, this is, that's the, like what i was getting from there is that the visual language of when she goes back into the uh into the act the the room mm-hmm. is that when she's not around he puts on the hat and seems to be having fun but i but he also seems to have fun with like they just they haven't done it's, a good job because yeah. he seems to have fun with her as well Yeah, the, the, the problem is that we're not seeing the the actual like we're not actually seeing the problems that they're putting out and then the problem that they put out they're not going to deal with well i think we just probably just finish off the storyline yeah. so um Caitlin, like, sneaks back. She sees Will having fun with his friends. She leaves the bake sale. And then, but then gets, mysteriously... And gets him again. Yeah, they're walking down the thing. And he very genuinely seems to say, with all earnestness, mm. hey, tonight we did something that's fun for me. Tomorrow, let's do something that you like. Mm-hmm. And Caitlin instead decides to white fang him. Yeah, she white fangs him might be like, maybe you should go off and be with Lucy. And Will, who has all, who, the one thing we do about Will, he said he seems very on to Caitlin's, Caitlin's nonsense, seems to believe this. And we know from looking it up, he's only in the three episodes so of the season. So he's not coming back. Like, she successfully white fangs him. And so I guess the idea is like I thought the idea would be that her storyline would be that like if if let's let's take what Lucy says as the storyline that they want that the show wants mm-hmm. is what Lucy said that Kaylin is someone who can only interact with things through mocking and so when she tries to coast with people she can sometimes push well, them away well, because she makes them feel like they're embarrassed about who they are yes yes or they make them feel uncomfortable around her um so. If she had done this in a way where she's like, hey, you seem to really like these things, you should do them, and maybe we're not right for each other, instead of her weird white fang thing. But I guess the white fang thing is also kind of in character. It's if, very Caitlyn, because she pushes things away. It depends on what happens next episode. Caitlyn feels like she's garbage, so she doesn't deserve a nice but, thing like Will. But part of it is that's because we know Will doesn't come back. So, the, so like, the, the end of their relationship, the end of Will's time on this series is being white-fanged. Well, and I also want to point out, like, last episode, Will also does not like the things that Caitlin likes. And he thinks the things that Caitlin likes, like watching cops and yeah. doing pot, yeah. are dumb, meaningless things. Yeah. So Will is not perfect in this situation. But no. the show is acting like, oh, Caitlin makes people feel bad about who they are. Will makes Caitlin well, feel bad about who she is. Well, that, that's why really, it's, so here's the thing, it really the outcome should have been, hey, we're two people who actually probably don't have that much in common. But here's the problem with doing that storyline. That is the opposite of the Taylor and Ryan storyline. Which story happens line. in this episode. So if they had done that, we would have been like, so what are like, what do you want us to take from this? Yeah, what's your because you can do that in different parts of the series, maybe different parts of the season, but different parts of the episode. Yeah. <sighs> all right, so so uh, Taylor does go all the way back to Henri's room, and Henri has vanished to the point that it's like he never existed. There is no longer a mustiness in that hotel room. It is clean. No one has ever been in that hotel room. But what is left? Is the teddy bear because Henri stole it from the garbage can and saved it. Yes. Turns out um, Henri is the biggest fan of Ryan. Henri loves Taylor, but he loves love more 
and he can no longer be with her, for she does not love him. In some ways, there's moments of this that, that redeem Henri for me, or the fact that he can look at Ryan and be like, that boy does love that, love that girl so much, but I also understand that he cannot express his emotions like I can. And while I'm here, I'm creating confusing situations for Taylor. So I must remove myself. I must remove myself from the timeline. I will find a new Peaches, <laughs> but this one I will call Lemons. Can you imagine if Taylor returned to the bookstore and there weren't even any books left? <laughs> like, like because Henri is a time lord. And yeah, then then <laughs> she goes like, "Hey, uh, do you have seasons for peaches?" And they're like, "Season for what?" The, no, mm. seasons for lemons. <laughs> <laughs> Henri has gone back in time. They were never married to begin with. <laughs> He's met a new woman, a Canadian woman, who's tart like a lemon, but also sweet like lemon. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, "Please stop calling me Lemon. It's not a good nickname. I don't like it. I, I don't like it, Henri. It's terrible." <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, I like your Canadian plain-speaking ways. <laughs> Perhaps I will not rewrite our love from existence. What? What? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so there is a short scene where Kirsten and Sandy catch up over the phone and is reinforced that Kirsten hates working with Julie. Julie's a terrible business partner, but Kirsten has no friends. Yeah, well, <laughs> so here's the thing. That is the actual story. It's like Kirsten has no friends, but they really seem to set it up as like, oh, once again, oh, Julie, that scamp. She causes such hijinks. But you got to accept her the way way she is. You have to. You have no choice. You there will are no other women on this TV show. Yeah, she will force herself upon you and you cannot get away from her. It's really, really heavy season two, Julie, with the whole, like, you cannot change her. Despite the... F she could have had a storyline here where she actually, like, wanted something. Well, and, like, Julie has grown. She is a different person this season two, Julie. But not? It's... I mean, clearly they probably didn't want to do... In you know two thousand and eight, the 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 having a character who was like, no, I want like I found my independence through sex work. Like it seems like it's a little what bit early for that. Why do they have to be prostitutes? Like why can't they just have a dating thing that specializes <laughs> in cougars and young men? Yeah, well, I think because it had to be a crime. I get, I don't know. I don't know. Like the things that I don't know what the okay. Think of the entire prostitution thing, Aaron. What was the outcome? What did we get from it? What did what changed about Julie? Frank and mm? Julie liked Frank. N that didn't have to be a prostitution thing, though. The specifically the prostitution storyline where Julie Julie didn't even buy her house. Yeah, the the whole storyline does nothing. It doesn't add Julie's character. Even the relationship between it seems this seems to imply the relationship between Kirsten and Julie. Their friendship is going to be fine. Just now, Julie doesn't have a job anymore. the The entire the entire arc of the prostitution thing, the the whole character journey that Julie went into is now she's unemployed and doesn't seem to care because she can just have her friend and, and her house, Neil's house. Yeah. Speaking Julie, of Julie, continu Julie continues to win. <laughs> Speaking of Julie and her house, she comes into her house after her dinner with Kirsten, and Che is hanging out, sitting on the kitchen island, doing some staring at candles. And this infuriates me so much, because Julie says the phrase, Oh, Shay, you're still here. Which means there was a moment where you had Taylor and Summer and Shay and Caitlin in one house, aware of each other's existence. And they all ignored each other. And we never had a season of that. <laughs> I would love Julie... <laughs> Julie Caitlin. and all of her children. Julie and Caitlin and Taylor and Che and, and Summer, Summer all just living together. 
So that's the spinoff we deserve. We don't get that though. No. What we get is Che explaining that he found his spirit animal. But he knew his spirit animal was a frog. I it's think a frog. Said, yeah. And he saw his frog, and um, he's oh, and this is intercut to like Seth telling someone about his spirit animal, yeah. the otter. Yeah, and he's fine. That's the thing. Like, let's do that side first because that side doesn't matter. Seth is fine because spirit animal solved, and Summer's going to start save a, otters. Save otters, and I don't know what's happening. But Che. His frog. He swam. He frolicked. He loved his life, and he then he found met his, his love. Other, he found his other half, and his other half was an, an otter. otter. <laughs> Which Julie is horrified by all of this. Okay. Good night, Che. Why? <laughs> so. First, we have a short scene where Taylor comes to visit Ryan, and she yep. gives him back his poem. She, no, she doesn't. She keeps the poem. Oh, she keeps it. She says, she says she'll keep it forever. Now, Taylor basically explains everything we've explained this entire episode. Yes. Taylor has only just started to realize the power that the words, I love you, have over her. Mm-hmm. And she thinks, whew, that's really dangerous. People can really manipulate me with that. <laughs> yeah. So I better go work out my mental health issues before I date you, Ryan. And Ryan says... Okay. Yeah. It's a good scene. It's it's There's only 5 episodes left though. Yeah, it it really seems like they're going towards that. They're going to like the fi- finale is going to be them getting actually together, together for, real. for real. Um it, I'm still going on the idea that like, this whole whiplash of them their their whole whiplash re- relationship is the on and off is way too quick, so we condense. Because it's only been a month and a bit. Yeah. Um yeah, it's, it seems like her, though, if, if her idea is like, oh, I love you, can actually have so much power, power over me. Being with somebody who do, who has a different romance language would be... Would be good would for Would be perfect me. for her, because, th- like, there, there's something to be like, oh, people have same romance languages. But that's... If you... Having different romance languages also can really work. If, as long as you understand each other's and you know how to express yeah. love to the other person. Yeah. So I'm almost... I almost... Like, I know they have to drag it out. But I kind of, like, felt like this should have been them... And it's not just me being the whole, like, oh, well, they should have gone back together. They apologize. It feels like that's the way this episode should have. Also, like, we just did the storyline with Summer being like, but I need to be with me before I can be with you. Yeah, and and offsetting them is, is weird. Yeah. Because now it seems Summer's over. Like, she's found her she's thing. Found her so thing. now they can be together. But now it's Taylor's turn to do Summer's storyline. Yeah. Because you have them both doing it. They could have done it. Together and, like... Figured things out as friends. Yeah. You know, friends, doing yeah. friend things. That would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, then Taylor walks off and I'm like, okay, so there's an image of Ryan sitting there. And you're like, okay, cool. End of the end of the episode. No. There's about a 10 second, not even 10 seconds, like five second it's shot. too long, but too short. <laughs> and it's of Che sitting <laughs> in Summer's living room, staring at a photo of Seth. And the look on his face is, I guess I love you. He's like, hmm, I can deal with this. <laughs> yeah, it's very clear that Che, it's not, it's not Che figuring out that he loves Seth. This is Che feeling like, well, I guess by my hallucination, I'm, I ob- have to love I'm you. obligated for you to be my other half. I can work with this. Which I'm going to say right now was not the twist I was expecting in the uh, Che, Summer, Seth, like, love triotomy i cannot believe che is still on this tv show and this is what i mean by like so that entire thing the force entire spirit animal thing was to set up 
Che. This. Yeah, so the Che. Like, Che couldn't just figure out that maybe he has feelings for Seth. He has to have his spirit animal tell him Hi, he Jinx. does. Hijinks, Kevin. The season is only hijinks. There's so many storylines here that are just to to do an end purpose, and some storylines that happen that don't have an end purpose. It's all CW moments. Well, speaking of that, Aaron, uh, did you find some CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic embraced its spirit animal, only to find out that its spirit animal pair, true love, deep other half, was the most unexpected character on the TV show ever? Like, I gotta pick those ladies loving the poems. Because those, <laughs> like, those ladies love Henri's poem, but they love Ryan's poem just as much. Like, well, do they that, just want men who know how to express their emotions? That one lady said, that poem's pretty sweet, too. But, like, she was she was teared up. She yeah. was barely able to speak about the book signing. Once, once again, the problem we're getting is we're getting secondary characters who know too much about the main characters. Like, them getting all teared up and being sad only works if you understand that Ryan cannot express himself. Otherwise, just like, that boy wrote a bad poem. Either that or that woman is so good at picking up cues. Like, when he went up and he was nervous and it's written on a line piece of paper and he stumbles out two lines then goes and Taylor has to read it, she can instantly be like, you're a boy from Chino. <laughs> <laughs> you're someone who's never had to express a feeling. I support you. If she's the writer of the OC, this is how she learned. This is how, this she, is how she was inspired to write the TV yeah, show. Yeah, by watching a boy stumble out <laughs> a poem with another girl read. It's like, okay, so you didn't begin with you together. You actually didn't appear until about, th- about three years in. Or I guess two years in. Th- season three. But, like, you didn't really meet him during that season. You weren't a part of the core four. Yeah, no. you No, it's going to be you and you came here from Chino. And then you met a girl and you kind of marionetted her at the end of her, of her, of her walkway. Then she's going to die eventually. Yes, I can see it all. I've seen the OC. Evan, did you find a CW moment? Um, the thing is, this it's really hard. Because this episode is all storylines that lead nowhere. It's, yeah, the thing is, like, this episode is all just real drama over logic the fact that they did a sweat lodge the fact that lucy could say stuff to caitlin and and the fact that lucy's statements had impact on caitlin yeah like like they both yeah yeah um the fact that caitlin's storyline is once again shifting because it's not because they don't understand caitlin yeah because i thought it was going to be that will would help caitlin open up and call her out on her bull but then will kind of like got nerfed so, <laughs> well, they, they nerfed Will. So on Caitlyn's, like, character wall, yeah. do you think it just says, like, disaffected teenager? And there's just, like, a lot of other post-its that, like, don't connect to anything else? This is Caitlyn Willa Holland. <laughs> uh, so I've decided to pick... Uh, yeah, I decided to pick... I'm going to pick the scene where, uh, when after Summer... We didn't really talk about that. After Summer learns that uh, Seth has pink eye, she, she goes in and... This might just be Summer Bills who made a really weird reading of the lines, but it's it's uh, Seth and Che, and she says, oh, Seth, your, your pink eye cleared up. And later on, it seems like she's very aware of all, like, he's definitely lying. It seems like she was fooled by this one. Because Ryan never lies. But because the, the, but, the other options, either either she's doing it or she's taunting him by being like, oh, did your pink eye clear up? But he doesn't know the lie. <laughs> I think Summer believed Ryan because Ryan never lies. And like. But Ryan has such a bad line. It seemed like 
it seemed like she was a like it, 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 summer seemed like at the same time she believed that Seth had pink eye, be- believed he still could have called her, which he could have if he had pink yeah. eye. Like, but she, it doesn't seem like she's taunting Seth in I, that scene. I love the idea though of of summer being like, okay, I believe he had pink eye, but I don't believe that's the reason he didn't call me because <laughs> yeah. she can't because in her head she can't ra- rationalize Ryan lying to her. She's like, well, you wouldn't lie, but you used, but you know that like he would call me a live omission where Ryan was like, I can't tell why he didn't call you, so I'll just tell you the truth. That's yeah. not the reason. Yeah, so I'll give that moment where she, like... Because later on, she goes, like, a 24-hour uh, illness, which I don't think you have by. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's there's a lot there. And that's the one I end up having to pick. But hey, uh, we got five more of these, so... And they could go anywhere. I can see... Okay, here's my prediction for the final five. I think we're going to end with Ryan and Taylor getting together. We're going to end with Summer and Seth re-engaging mm-hmm. I guess I think we're going to see uh, Caitlin like coming into her own in a way that we hate oh god I can't predict that what Caitlin's thing no is she's gonna, gonna come into her own but we're not gonna like it I don't know what it's gonna be it's I think, something we don't like I think it's gonna end with Caitlin and Julie being like now we're okay with each other and me being like yeah you're okay with each <laughs> other that wasn't your storyline like a lot earlier Um, I think Frank's gonna come back yep I think so, too. Bullet has to come back. Bullet has to come back. I'm going to tell you a secret. Oh, you think Julie and Bullet are going to be endgame? Evan? Yeah? Somewhere at the end of this show, and I don't remember who it belongs to, there is at least one baby. How? Who? Huh? Are they skipping forward? (laughs) Baby. Wait, there's a baby. So, not... So, a baby, not a... Not a pregnancy. I don't remember who the baby belongs Does to. Does Teresa come back? Up, but there is a baby. Does Teresa come back with a baby? Teresa has a baby. That's we what I mean. Him. Just come back with the baby. I guess it's not a baby anymore. It'd be a year old. Babies. <sighs> okay. Well, well, we'll deal with that when we come to that. Uh, but for now, we got to wrap this up. So this is the OC, and this is Podcast Moa, and we would like your ratings, reviews, and subscriptions. So please hit us up on Apple Podcast, on Google Play, on Spotify, on your podcaster of choice. Give us your ratings, reviews, subscriptions. Also, you can hit us up on some social meds. We're on Podcast Moa, Podcast MOA, on Instagram, on Twitter, and at PodcastMoa at gmail.com. We'll see you next week for more of the OC. Will Spencer ever get to Mexico? Is Lucy going to nail her solo? What was Sandy doing this episode? For answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. Teen Drama Fancast?